Hi everyone, welcome to the Property Insiders podcast with me, your host, Charlie Fisher. In this series, I'll be chatting all about property to UK Sotheby's International Realty. We'll have insider tips from how to buy a property in the UK to the ins and outs of renting, investing and relocating. Thanks to Buy Association for supporting the Property Insiders podcast. Buy Association is an award-winning investment company specialising in the UK property market. For more information, visit buyassociation.co.uk. In this episode, we will be talking about the foreign investment side of property. We will explore USA, China and the Middle East. We'll look at the areas in the UK that these buyers choose and the importance for vendors and landlords to dress their property for these buyers. Today, I'm joined by three experts in their field. Director and Head of London Residential, Guy Bradshaw. Head of Middle East, Mohammed Zagalul and a Kuta group of companies design director, Mia Kitsinis. Hi guys, how are you today? Very well. Very well. Very. Glad to be here. Yes, thank you for inviting us. Now, which countries tend to invest in properties in the UK? Like where are the buyers coming from? Uh, it's an interesting question, Charlie. And actually over the past 12 months, we've seen an interesting sort of stat coming through for, via our website. Um, the Sotheby'sRealty.com website, the global website, actually had 31 million visitors last year. We've been looking at the data and the analysis of that. And essentially it's been very clear that actually the two most looked at cities globally have been New York and London. They've been the most popular searches for property. We as business looked at London clearly, and we looked at sort of breaking down the inquiries as to where they're coming from. And what's been very interesting over the past 12 months is that actually our top five feeder markets in the current order is China, USA, India, Gulf and the UK. But if we took that back 12 months, the USA was actually fifth on that list. So I suppose the question as to why, why the USA suddenly jumped up is because with everything that's going on with Brexit, if we look at today's figures, the pound to dollar as of today is is currently standing at 1.31. So that's April 2019, 1.31 as the dollar to the pound. And actually this time last year, it was actually $1.43. So it's quite a considerable change. If you analyse that and have a look at that, for every 1 million pounds that's being spent by a dollar-based buyer, they're actually getting a hundred $120,000 discount against that rate. So you can see that actually it favours a, a dollar-based buyer to come in and actually invest into London. It's funny because it used to be the other way around. Indeed. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And actually going back a few years, business is very heavily driven on, on referrals across our network of offices. And actually it was very apparent that actually the lion's share of our referrals were coming from the UK over to cities such as New York and Miami, LA, San Francisco. But that's now really changed. It's now the other way around. Why are people choosing to invest in the UK? Well, I look after the Middle East task. And uh, when we look at the Gulf countries, primarily Saudi Arabia, UAE, Kuwait, Qatar, Bahrain, they look at the UK as a safe haven. Regardless of the recent uh, political uncertainty surrounding Brexit, uh, the UK uh, has long been considered a safe place to invest in property. Uh, In comparison to some global markets, political turbulence in the UK is really very minimal. And what we're seeing with Brexit is primarily short-term uncertainty, but the prospects for the UK in the long run remain quite strong. Over the last 12 months, 
months, this has partly been driven, as Guy was saying, by a correction in yield levels and a favorable currency effect due to the depreciation of sterling, which reaffirms London's status as a global gateway market. In 2018, Middle Eastern investment in London topped 1.38 billion, which is actually up 30% on activity in 2017, according to a report published by Savos. Oh, wow. Interesting. I mean, from my standpoint, sort of looking at other reasons why investors would look at London, I think for London, education plays such a big part in people's drivers coming into London. Latest research from BBC shows that actually international students are worth 20 billion to to our economy. London alone gains 4.6 billion from that, which is a significant number. And you can clearly see why landlords in particular would look at investing in London into property. There's approximately 230,000 students which come to London each year to study and China is actually the most popular country of origin from where these um, students are coming from. What's also significant is that repeatedly London is always voted and has been certainly for the past few years the best city for education we've got the best schools here we've got the best universities and a lot of the parents and the international parents they want the best education for their children but equally they want to have the best and safest addresses for their children. Just to add on the education bit, we regularly assist Middle Eastern clients with purchasing homes for their children to live in while studying abroad. As an alternative to renting, property investors look to build equity by utilizing leverage and hence diversifying their investments uh, by by purchasing property in the UK. And many of our clients obviously look to the UK due to the quality of education with universities that compete with the Ivy League schools in the US. Clients therefore purchase buy-to-let properties, rent them out and while their children are growing up, and then refinance them once their children are ready to move back into the UK and occupy the premises. And which areas are these usually in London? In London, you have a diverse offering depending on the university, I would say. So if we look at Covent Garden, the embankment area close to the London School of Economics, we have fantastic developments. Absolutely. King's College. Exactly. And there's a lot of new developments, actually. We are looking at some properties and new developments out near Ealing and Acton. And there's Imperial London College that's opening up a new branch. And that's going to add a lot of demand in that area. And it's kind of expanding the locations from the norm, you know, your Chelsea's, your Kent's and Mayfairs. So it's quite active out and different going outside of London, well, the out zone two, I would say. And I suppose with Crossrail coming the end of this year, mm-hmm. that's opening up the market too, right? 100%. Naturally. I mean, Crossrail is going to be a very significant factor into London. It's it's set to run from Reading all the way across through to Stratford and actually focusing on the international side of things, that link from Heathrow coming into the city is significant. And whether it's actually people who are or coming to, to work in, in the city, Canary Wharf, there'll be a direct link straight from pretty much the, the moment you step off your plane into Canary Wharf. I think they're, they're sort of factoring a timing about like 30, 20, 40 minutes or yeah, something. something. Yeah, something really insane. And the benefits of Crossrail won't be realised just yet, which gives investors a, a window of opportunity to take advantage of that now before it actually goes in in full effect. So properties will be cheaper at the moment? Compared to when Crossrail will fully kick in across all routes, absolutely. I think other things that we also look at in, in our marketplace is the sort of industries and the, the sort of changing drivers between relocation into London. So if we you take it back to... 2007, 2008, for example, where I think it's common knowledge, everyone knows sort of what happened in that that period. The 
going back to that time, the financial institutions played such an important part in, in relocating staff into, into London. And actually, over the past few years, we've really seen the rise of technology and tech businesses. And actually, from our lettings perspective, and equally from, from our, our buyers as well, we are seeing a lot more tech savvy and, and tech entrepreneurs, tech millionaires coming into London. And I guess the two two biggest companies that you we can look at, for example, Apple and Google, you go to King's Cross, Google have committed to, I think, a million square foot of, of office space, which they're currently building. And the talk of the town is that they're going to be looking to relocate 9,000 people into that head office. With that, that will interest them, the housing market, whether it's for renting, whether it's for buying. Equally, Apple are looking at, at committing to nearly 700,000 of, of office space as well in London. And again, the rumours are talking about very much sort of six to 7,000 people potentially coming into London. So combining that, you've got suddenly 14,000 people all looking to come into London. They're going to need homes. So there's opportunity. And it's, it's going to be interesting to watch the London skyline develop and how these areas develop even further over the next five, 10, 15 years. So it's, it's, it's exciting times for London. Yeah, definitely. And what do these buyers look for in a property in London? What do buyers look for in property? It's a good question. I think a lot of buyers now are very design-led, hence why we work closely with Mir and her team at Akuta. So across London, uh, there are various desirable areas and that would be considered one of the most desirable, not only in Europe, but globally. As I said, London offers some of the most prestigious postcodes. Areas such as Mayfair and Chelsea are world famous, offering a central location and fantastic offerings and a variety of restaurants, cafes, hotels, uh, and the many leisure activities London has to offer. Whatever your preferred style of property is, London in the UK has something to offer whether it's a new build luxury apartment, a Georgian or Edwardian conversions, uh, there's an abundance of options. There's also value for money plays. Once you go out of zone one and zone two, that's where the value for money and space, you get to tend to get more space for your money the further you venture uh, outside of central. And for those who wish to escape the city, prime English countryside offers an environment unlike anything available specifically for clients that I deal with that are based uh, in the Middle East. You can enjoy a contrast of the countryside by purchasing rural estates. In addition to our prime central London office in Belgravia, we have a country office in Surrey that deals with properties and estates all over the UK. I think what I'd add to that as well from what Mo said, absolutely correct, is that central London itself, if we're focusing on, on zone one, I think the transformation that actually the great estates in particular have done has, has really created the sort of the village feel amongst certain boroughs and certain areas. So, for example, the Grosvenor Estates, very heavily prevalent in, in Belgravia and Mayfair, Cadogan Estates, sort of Chelsea and sort of South Knightsbridge, Howard de Walden, up in Marlebone, Portman Estates, up in, up in Marlebone. And actually these landlords and sort of landowners have actually really focused on the public realm and actually creating environments that people want to live in and equally want to work in. So actually, you can resonate with an area particularly that you like, and it might be it might be the shopping that's on offer or it might be the residential mix that's on offer. And they've almost created a brand to themselves. And I think we've seen, the other thing to look at is, is new developments as well and, and how a lot of the new developments that are coming in have focused on amenities or they've focused on service lines and, and things like that. And, and equally, the developers talk to certain interior designers and design-led businesses 
businesses to sort of help create a an atmosphere that that resonates with potential profile of buyer and and the the right people who are coming into London. I think that's really important to concentrate on. And and a lot of the time, we are advising our clients that they need to engage with designers. They need to engage with with companies to look at, at staging and and look at how to maximize their investment because it's not just bricks and mortar. There's a lot more to it. Yeah, we see quite a big trend with our Middle Eastern clients, for example. They tend for their personal use, they tend to go for period properties in prime locations, as you said earlier, with their best shopping op- opportunities right at their doorstep, their cafes and where they would like to hang out. And then for their children, they do tend to invest in more um, new builds. We see a big trend in Nine Elms that's quite active right now for the younger generation and just buying multiple f- apartments in there. And then we see a lot with our Asian buyers, basically, they can't really afford in Hong Kong. So they're seeking out into the UK and buying multiple units as a foreign investment from their point of view. And they see quite a good yield on it. And not only in London, central London, we've seen in Birmingham and Manchester, they can kind of improve their yields up to 10% even. So that's quite, we see a lot of those type of clients. So we quite active, I would say. How has foreign investment changed over the last few months? Over the last few months, foreign investment has has changed. I think in terms of the demographic of buyers and the, and and the nationalities that we're seeing. Obviously, you know the latest news on Brexit is that there's a a delay now, potential delay up until 31st of October, very aptly Halloween. But equally, I think we are. After the news of that, I think people have been so conscious that actually it's been relatively slow and people haven't, you know, they've been a bit conscious of is now the right time to buy, is not the right time to buy, that actually people are seeing it as an opportunity. And again, I circle back to the, the sort of currency play that we talked about earlier. I think that's now very much prevalent with the US that actually they see it as the opportunity to buy. And actually over the last three, six, 12 months, that's been the biggest growth for us in terms of the sort of feeder market in, into London. So New York and London are, are very similar in, in terms of cities and types of city and the sort of lifestyle that you have that, that naturally a New York landlord who may not have considered investing outside of, of the US, for example, it now opens that up because actually you've got the discount available. And if you know, if the forecasts are correct, 2021, the pound will be a lot stronger against the dollar. So therefore, actually, that is correct. They will start to make some money quite quickly. And I think a lot of, if we t- again, taking it back to sort of 2007, pre-2008, there is a lot of buyers might buy to then sell relatively quickly, maybe within three to five years. I think investors these days are a lot more strategic. They're a lot more conscious of of studying and of understanding the market and actually looking more towards a longer term play in terms of their holds. I think that overall, the London rental market is extremely strong and there's always demand. And you, the likelihood is that you will always find the tenant if you listen to the right advice and, and you do what's required in terms of designing and, and staging your property. And that's, that's exactly why we're seeing a lot more foreign investment coming in to London. So you're actually seeing a change in the actual buyer himself. Yes, indeed, we, we are. I mean, the, the as Mia mentioned earlier, I think the sort of Asia market in particular it has been for quite some time the number one sort of feeder market into London. I think everybody across the board would, would, would agree with that. I think it's that's purely driven by education. It's purely driven by them wanting to invest for their children for the future. And I think the, the mindset of the buyer, except a domestic buyer, may likely have different reasons to invest, is very much driven by investment. How important is it for vendors and landlords to dress their property for 
marketing purposes in order to attract foreign investors. Um, as there is often an influx of similar apartments in a building completing at the same time, making their property stand out is quite important for landlords to minimise their void periods. So we do stage quite a lot of properties. Like last year, I think we did about 550 installs oh, of wow. properties uh, throughout London. And this is predominantly by staging or multiple units, basically, for your foreign investors. We've got a lot of Asian buyers buying 15 units at once and then they want us to address that and then they'll put that on the rental market. And obviously by us dressing it, we achieve a higher rental value per week. And also for the sales um, point of view, just to give you an example, we did a property on uh, Chester Square and the property had been on the market unfurnished for five months. Once we dressed it, the property had five viewings and sold for full asking price. Um, and that was about 18 and a half million, if I remember correctly. And yeah, this was a private developer and we built a strong de- relationship and worked closely with the agent on this, which is really, really important for us to have that really good um, kind of communication with our agents and advise them. And we seek advice from them on demographic and who's the potential buyer or who will be renting out the property. Um, yeah, and one of those case studies um, on that property, actually, we achieved the highest price on record in particular on that square. So just by dressing it, it does add a massive amount on to your um, full, getting your full price or your rental property. So a few examples of like that that we've done in the past but yeah it's really important and I think you guys um, see it quite often with an undressed property and a dressed property absolutely it makes the world of difference it, it, it really does I think also what's been very interesting as well is the way that our business has changed whether whether it's design led or whether whether it's looking to sell or, or present property across the globe is travel and the amount of travel that's involved i mean since i've been 12 months within my current business i've been to new york a good few times presenting and talking to clients out there we've been to miami been to vancouver we've been into mainland europe hong kong taiwan you know people they want to hear about london they want to hear about us and they see london as a safe haven for investment and they want the best advice so we're very you know very very happy to travel and present on various markets and and give the advice directly to our clients wherever they might be based. Sounds fantastic. Yeah. And we've actually seen a quite change in our market on this basis. So you would probably look 10 years ago, we didn't have, we weren't asked to stage properties. And now we're renting um, furniture for a property that's on the market for six months or maybe even less. Most of the time it comes back to us um, because they achieve the sale and or in other cases where the actual purchaser of the property has bought the furniture with it, which Ah. is a great, obviously a double win for both the agents and us as interior designers furnishing the property but yeah it hasn't changed massively and um, on the back of that we've seen quite a lot of developers asking for purchase to rent so we're addressing a lot of properties for the rental sector which is a new trend that we're seeing recently now I think we've all seen those blooming Absolutely. although it's all doom and gloom and on TV there's actually quite a bit of activity happening And as we touched on the various factors, London being a safe haven, the quality of education, the quality of the judicial system, it will remain a a source of wealth preservation and diversification relative to other emerging economies and countries that are considered much less stable than London. The only thing I would add is that actually we've discussed how the currency has been plays such a big part in transactions in the current climate. And actually, I touched on the fact that the forecast suggesting pounds looking to strengthen moving into 2021. A lot of commentators are saying that actually that might be the sort of next, you know, the, our property market cycles tend to be every sort of seven years. Are we at the bottom now? That's a, a question for debate, being the bottom of the, of the market. But actually, I think the 
one thing which we probably didn't touch on too much was stamp duty and how much that plays a part in in buyers' decisions. And you know, if you're a domestic buyer right now, it does play a big part because you know a lot of people in London don't own just one home. They own more than one home. And actually by the government brought in a 3% levy on second, if you own two, more than one home. So if you own two homes or more, you've got an extra 3% to pay. So if we take a million pound property, which is your principal or, or your main home, the stamp duty amount on that is currently £43,750. However, if that is not, you're going to be your main residence. So you've got two or more properties, that stamp duty rises and it's, it goes up to 73750 which as we've discussed, if you factor in the currency play and the currency discount, Discount. That's why investment in London is appealing to more foreign investors than, than maybe domestic buyers currently, because another £30,000 on top of your transaction costs can be quite considerable. Mm. Something to think about. And it cuts down from our budgets in doing the interior design part. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's very true. Yes. Absolutely. So how does that work with dressing a property? Do you guys have a budget? Does it come from the client? How does that sort of work? So usually we are asked to come in, we do a survey of the property and we um, work with the agents and we make an assessment. Basically, if the client has a budget, that's brilliant. We can actually work to that. Most of the times we do like to advise them. So say if their property's on the market for £5,000 per week, we'll be looking at a similar value, an appropriate probably design scheme that would suit that market. And so they can achieve that £5,000 per month. And we do tell them and advise them if they don't go down this route the implications that you might have and also the agents as well advise them and and help and push that go forward basically it's extremely important to have that in place you can achieve i'm not going to put an actual percentage on top but it does add so much value to a property and there's various case studies where they haven't dressed it and it's sat on the market for over a month or a year or maybe even longer and then we go back in we dress it and then boom it's it's done and it's so it's really it's, it does have a great results i think the overriding message there is very much for best advice to a client is actually do not overestimate the cost of time do as much due diligence as possible when it comes to why you think you want a specific property we have a lot of clients that have an initial search in mind but then on the viewings, you start learning that, well, practically, it's not what they're actually looking for. So if you're dealing with new stock, make sure that or new developments, you're dealing with reputable developers who have a track record and try and uh, for, for any prospective investor or buyer, the more information the agent has, the more we can help in terms of uh, the, the right decision making for the specific criteria. I would agree with that. And I would, I would also say, take your time. Find a, an agent that you that you build some rapport with, that you trust, that you know, and take some time. If you're not familiar with London and the intricacies of the various locations, take some time to visit, go and have a look around, go to a local restaurant, go to the local shops, talk to people and just get a feel for the area. We're very happy to give our time and give our advice and talk to you about the certain areas of, of London where the hotspots are, maybe maybe the areas to avoid, maybe the areas to, to look out for future growth and things like that through, through our knowledge and expertise. But ultimately... Take your time and and really engage and talk through and and understand what it is actually that you are looking for. And then we can potentially point you in the sort of right direction or or give you ideas to go and look at and and have a look at. Example, I had this week, I had a lady from New Zealand who's looking to relocate to London. And, you know, she didn't think that she would have a budget for for Notting Hill. We have a listing in in Notting Hill, which after speaking to her for sort of half an hour, I said to her, suggested to her that she might want to go and have a little look around. She didn't know the area, had a little look around, wandered around at the weekend on her own and fell in love. And you know, and that's now 
top of moved to the top of her list and and it originally wasn't on her list because she didn't one she didn't know the area and two she didn't think that being as as prime central as as she ideally would like to be that she might not have the budget for it so seek advice and talk to your agent and get an understanding for where your criteria might fit and on the interior side always you can speak to any interior designer or ourselves and we tend to advise our clients we can show them around um, previous properties that we've dressed and show some case studies and what I would definitely advise is surround yourself by the right people get the right advice and not only with your agents but if you're doing it for a property investment or for yourself surround yourself by the right project managers architects and whoever would be involved in a project advising you the right way and making sure that no one is taking advantage of uh, your investment um, is quite key we've seen that in the past and and we do tend if we see something we do flag it up with the client where we can and we have that kind of comfortable relationship but yeah it's quite important to surround yourself by people that you trust and you feel comfortable with which we definitely i think we send that message out to most of our clients and we do get a lot of repeat clients from for example we work with um, some saudi individuals which we do their, their personal properties and now we're doing all their investment properties and furnishing them so they can put them on the rental market so there's no limit to that it's having that trust within the individual and there's lots to come from that amazing well thank you so much guys for joining me today thank you for having us thank you for having us if you need any more information be sure to check out sotheby'srealty.co.uk and you can also find us on instagram at charlie fisher and at uk sotheby's realty